So we're starting a series, a little mini-series called Backward Forward today. Just so you guys know, we had a little bit of a debate about this. Uh, we were sending little, like, uh, logos back and forth. And um, I didn't have a problem with the design. It's the colors. You know what I'm saying? See, and this is Jonathan. Jonathan wanted to do this. So, so uh, very rarely do I use my executive veto powers as a pastor. But I want to welcome you guys to a backward forward series that's better than this one, this one. Is that better? That's better, isn't it? Okay. Today of all days, this is important. Okay, today of all days. All right, so uh, 2017 is over in like 13 hours, 13 hours. Um, so what we're going to do in this little mini series here is this week we're going to look backwards and then next week we're going to look forwards. And, and I'm really just talking about you you. Um, so before we jump into today, we're going to look backwards. Um, I want to get a feel for how you feel about 2017. I want to take a quick poll. So let me give you some options and then you can, you can raise your hand for whichever one. Uh, so so as, you're, as I go through these, which, which one's you here? Um, how do you feel about 2017? Best year ever. Maybe, maybe this is you. Uh, that's your first option. Maybe good riddance. <laughs> you're, you're, you can't wait to say goodbye. Uh, meh. Eh. You don't even have a word. It's just, eh, you know. Uh, or maybe, uh, wait, it's over already. You didn't, you're like, wait, how is it possibly the end of the year? So uh, best year ever. Anybody? Anybody have best year ever? One guy. Jonathan, I don't believe you. Oh, and okay. We got a couple. We got a couple. We got a couple. Good riddance. Okay. That's the biggest ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meh. All right, meth people have it right now. And anybody like totally shocked that the year is actually over? Okay, yeah, we had a decent, decent group there. So, so if you're in best year ever, which almost nobody is, I don't know, what'd you do? Maybe you got married, maybe you had a baby, maybe you, uh, you know, got a new job, something big, best financial year of your life. I don't know, you had uh, a really good year. Good riddance, people. You're kind of on the other end of the spectrum, right? When I say best financial year ever, you think, must be nice, right? Because you didn't have that experience at all. Uh, you're feeling maybe beat up, uh, tired, maybe you feel stuck, maybe you feel like you went backwards this year, uh, maybe you started the year with some people in your life and now you're ending the year and those people aren't in your life anymore and it hurts. Um, there's a lot of reasons why you could fall into the good riddance category. Met people, ah, man, that's a weird place to be because you're thankful that you're not a, a good riddance person. You're a little jealous of the best year ever people, but honestly, you don't know how to feel, right? Because you look back on this year and it's just a mixed bag. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't awesome. And, and you just kind of somewhere in between. And then the way that's over already, people, you're, you're just, your life is a whirlwind. You got so much going on that you haven't had time to reflect and, and actually think, is this a good year or a bad year? And maybe, maybe you're a little scared too. Um, so if that's you, specifically, if this is you, uh, this message is really important because today we're going to talk about the importance of remembering and reflecting on your life. Uh, there's this theme in the Old Testament, specifically with the, with the people of Israel, um, 
where when they hit this a season of transition, uh, they're usually told to slow down and look back before they move on to the next thing. Slow down and look back before they move forward. And there's two reasons for that, that they're told to slow down and look back. Number one, they were very prone to forgetting all that God had just done for them. The people of Israel uh, were terrible at that, that they would be on the cusp of something new and immediately like they had this like spiritual amnesia for the thing that God just did. And it really affected them going forward because uh, they would go forward in fear rather than in faith because they don't remember that God just did something awesome. They're just dealing with the next thing. So God's like, hey, hey, slow down. Remember what I just did. And then the second reason is they were also prone to forgetting the mistakes they just made and the huge consequences of those mistakes. They seem to, again, just have this amnesia about, man, we just did this and all this bad stuff happened, but you know what? Let's do it again. And they ended up repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. So God would always catch them right before they went to a new thing. God would be like, hey, 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 hold on, stop, look back. What did I do? What did you do? How did that go? Slow down, remember reflect. So um, (laughs) this probably isn't like a mind-blowing concept. You're like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to remember and like learn from my mistakes and like remember what God had done for me? Like, ooh, like that's some, this is really deep stuff out of my know. Um, It's not, it's not that you didn't know that. It's not that you don't even, maybe you you do it. Um, I think the problem we have is how we remember and how we reflect. Uh, I think we remember wrong. I think we reflect poorly. I think we interpret the things that happen to us in a way that does not help us grow or move forward. You may well be sitting here looking back on this year, thinking and reflecting on what happened. It's how you do that that I wanna talk about today. So uh, that's what we're gonna, we're gonna hit here, like how as you sit and you think back over this year, how uh, to remember and reflect. And actually, I kinda wanna do that backwards. I wanna talk about how not to. Um, for me, this is always helpful. I, I generally, one of my main ways to learn is, is if you tell me how not to do something, that's, that's a, it's an angle for me that's it's always helpful. So that's what we're gonna do today. Um, I'm gonna say a lot of things that are, that are just horribly, horribly wrong, but I'm telling you how not to do it, okay? Can you please keep, don't take sound bites of this and be like, look what pastor said. Like, no, no, um, I meant the opposite. Um, so reflecting on 2017, let's pray and let's dive into that. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for Everybody here today, Lord, um, for getting us here, Lord, for some of us in this room, it was a battle just to be here. And uh, I thank you for bringing us here. I thank you. I, I believe that you have something in store for us, Lord. I have a, I have a sense of expectation to that. Uh, and I pray that you're kind of with us here as we think back over uh, the last year and just help us to, to think about it correctly, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so uh, let's say today, tomorrow, whatever, you sit down and you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think back over the past 12 months. I'm going to do some reflecting. Here's what not to do. First thing not to do uh, is don't be thankful. Don't be thankful for this past year. Um, as you're thinking back over all the stuff that happened, man, don't, don't, don't do that. If you had a really good year, secretly um, like take credit for it. You know, you had a good year because you're, you're awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was all you, man. You, you did it. You brought in that money. You, you, you put in the work. That's all you. That's all you. You just secretly believe that. Don't be thankful. Um, if you had a bad year, just keep thinking the thought, what do I have to be thankful for anyways? Just keep thinking that. Dwell on that. I mean, it's not like you live in America. 
Uh, it's not like you have a roof over your head or food in your refrigerator or a car or uh, people that care about you. It's not like you have any of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and even if you do, because you do, um, what you should think about when, you, when it comes to that kind of stuff, the way you should think about that is um, that you like deserve it. You know, like the good stuff that you do have, just gloss over that stuff. Like, well, everybody has that, that, that good stuff. Like I have a, a genuine sense of entitlement for the good things and a chip on your shoulder for all the bad things. That's definitely uh, what you should do as you think back over 2017. Or, or you could take Psalm 9-1 seriously. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Listen, this is really important. You need, a lot of you need to know this, evidently. God is good even if your year wasn't. God is good even if your year wasn't. See, I think a lot of times a thankful heart has more to do with what we focus on than what actually happened to us. You know what I'm saying? As you think back over this year, there's lots of stuff that, that's good. You might have to dig a little bit, and, and I'm not saying that you didn't have a bad year. Maybe you did, but there's lots of things in your life that are good, just base level good. And I think you need to take some time and focus on that and give thanks to the Lord. Don't you dare let those thoughts slip in. Oh, I deserve that, or oh, it was me, or oh, pfft, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Fight that. Focus on what God has given you and be thankful to him for that. Reflect on that. Have a sense of gratitude for this past year. Okay, so first thing, don't do, don't be thankful. Second thing, uh, be bitter, be bitter. As you're thinking back over this past year, man, a lot of wounds, right? You got hurt. <laughs> people hurt you, people did you wrong. What you need to do, man, hold on to that. Wrap your brain around that. Spend a lot of time driving in your car arguing with them even though they're not there. You know what I'm saying? You do that. Or maybe your thing is to imagine beating them up or bad things happening. I don't know. Whatever your thing is, you do that, okay? Make sure you, you just boil in that. What you want to do is you want to carry that anger and that pain and that bitterness with you into 2018. There's nothing better than starting a new year weighed down by the weight of, of the pain and hurt of this past year. You know what I'm saying? Just a fresh, uh, weighed down, bogged down start. Or, or, you could take Hebrews 12, 15 seriously. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Let me ask you, do you really want to start this year off poisoned? You know what I'm saying? Do you really want to start this year off uh, with bitterness coursing through your veins, affecting all your, you know, slowing you down, twisting your, your, your thoughts and your emotions? Do you really want to have that with you as you start this year? Do you really want that? Choose instead forgiveness over bitterness. Choose to forgive over being bitter. And I know that's such an easy sentence. Just, just forgive. You know what I'm saying? Just, just do it right now. Come on, do it. Just, just forgive. I know. I know it's way harder and, and way more involved than that. One of the things we've, we've talked about a couple times this year is uh, what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a decision that leads through a process to a state. It's a decision 
It leads through a process to a state. So, so you have the decision and the decision kind of is black and white. You need to decide in your heart, your mind with God, God, I'm choosing to lay this thing down. I'm choosing to forgive. And that gets you into, that's like your ticket into the process and the process is messy. The process is three steps forward, five steps back. It's, it's messy, it's emotional, it's up and down. Depending on how big the thing that happened to you was, it, it can take a really long time, but at least you're in it. And then eventually you'll wake up one morning and you'll have the state. What I'm saying is don't leave this year. Don't, don't let the next 13 hours pass without making that decision because that you can do. That you can say, Lord Jesus, I need your help, but I choose to forgive this. I am done with it. I wanna be released from it. I wanna forgive. You can choose to do that. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I know that I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. I'm gonna feel different, but Lord, help me make that decision today. Don't you dare carry bitterness into 2018 with you by choice. Don't do it. Don't do it. So, what not to do? Don't be thankful. Be bitter. Third thing, play the blame game. You know, as you're thinking back over this past year, uh, any of the problems, any of the hardships, any of the dysfunctions that you had this year, not your fault, right? Amen. You should say, this is one of your opportunities to totally say amen sarcastically. Um, don't say it here, though. Your marriage problems, it's the... It, it's your spouse, right? It's got, it's a, come on now, it's that. They need to get their crap together. It's not you, it's definitely them. Your financial issues, pfft, dude, that's like Trump's fault or Obama, depending on, you know, whatever. Uh, or capitalism, you know, whatever. I don't, your, your, your job, your boss, maybe that's also your spouse's fault. I don't know, but it's definitely not you. It's definitely not poor planning or poor discipline. It's, it's, it's not, it's not. Oh, your spiritual life, thinking back on it, it was a little rough, didn't go so well. Um, well, that's not you, man. That's like, because you're busy. You know, it's your schedule. Everybody's busy. It's 2017. Like, it's, it's definitely your schedule. You can't do anything about that. Sorry, God. It's my schedule. It's my schedule. Play the blame game. Or, or, you could take Matthew 7, 3 through 5 seriously. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Jesus says, look to yourself first. He doesn't say that the people in your life are perfect. He's acknowledging that they have some stuff wrong with them. They got specks and maybe you think they're logs. It doesn't matter. They got stuff wrong with them. But he says, you deal with you first. You deal with your issue first. You take responsibility. Look for places as you reflect on this year to take responsibility, not cast blame. And by the way, besides the fact that it, you never, you literally never carry 0% of the blame, never, you know that, right? There is no scenario in your life where you have some kind of problem and it's just completely not your fault. You're always going to carry a little bit. Besides that, um, what good does blame do? What actual good does it do? I know you're, well, it makes me feel better, right? It's totally their fault. It feels better. But, but what does it actually do? Can I propose that you cannot blame your way to a better 2018? You can't do it. You cannot blame your way to a better 2018. It does not work. It won't do anything. Taking responsibility for some of these issues and some of the problems, that can do something. 
If you say, you know what, that's, that's on me. This part's on me. I, I need to do something about it. I need to own this. I need to work on this. That can, make, that can give you some places where you can make progress, but you can't blame your way to a better year. You can't do it. So get after that two by four. Get after that. Worry about the spec later. Worry about yours. All right, next thing. Not to do. Not to do. Be dissatisfied with the wrong things. Now, I'm not saying just, just be dissatisfied. I'm saying be dissatisfied with the wrong things. Specifically, like, you know, focus on the fact that your house isn't quite as big as you really need it to be, you know? Or, or that your apartment is an apartment and not a house. Focus on that. Focus on the fact that you don't really have the clothes that you really want to wear. Focus on the fact that you don't really drive the car, you know, that you really want to drive. That you don't go on as many vacations or as nice of vacations as that you really want to go on. The TV that you have isn't quite big enough to see from the couch that you want to sit on. You know what I'm saying? Um, you don't get to go to the salon as often as you really would like to go. Uh, you don't get to eat that food that you really want to eat all the time. Focus on that stuff. What you need to do as you're reflecting on this past year is just stir a general dissatisfaction with all of like, the material state of your life. Just, just focus on all that stuff that you don't have. Or you could take 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8 seriously. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. We can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Be content realize that just by living in America, you are richer than like 90-some percent of the world. You throw away more than some people will ever own. And remember that that stuff that you want will not satisfy anyways. You're asking it to do something that it cannot do. I mean, dude, the new car smell wears off eventually. If you have kids, it wears off real quick, right? It's replaced by rotten milk and crayons and, and french fries. Those clothes that you were so excited to buy, eventually you're going, eh, eh, I don't think I want to wear any of that. All that new stuff, all the new toys, all that, that, that feeling, that high that you get at first, it does not last. Things don't satisfy. It doesn't do it. If you can remember that, I think it'll help with your contentment. Which leads us to our next one perfectly, by the way. Because we're dissatisfied with the wrong things. And then the, the next thing you shouldn't do as you reflect is to be satisfied with the wrong things. So first one was be dissatisfied with the wrong things. Now you need to be satisfied with the wrong things. And what I mean here is, like when it comes to your spiritual life, be totally satisfied. You know? um, be completely content to stay right where you are spiritually. Your prayer life, it's good, solid. Keep, keep it. You know? Bible reading, spot on. Keep it. Your, your, your general attitude towards others, just keep that right, right there, man, right there. Uh, your deep connection with other people uh, of the same faith as you, uh, that's great. Your, your generosity level, you just keep, keep, it, all, keep it all right there. Just, just be super satisfied with the state of your soul. Those sins that you still struggle with, it's cool. At least you're not doing something worse, right? I mean, there's people that do stuff worse. Just run the same spiritual plays that you ran in 2017 and 2018. Just run them again. Be totally cool with it, staying exactly as it is. Be satisfied with spiritual stagnation and pat yourself on the back for not going backwards. Definitely. Or, or you could take Revelation 3, 15 and 16 seriously. I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm or you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. 
So Jesus actually says that he prefers hot or cold over medium. (laughs) He would prefer an on-fire follower of him or someone actually running from him over someone who says, "Eh, you know, I'm a casual follower of Jesus. We're kind of cool. He would actually prefer the other two. So you got to pick. Are you in? You in with this whole Jesus stuff or not? Do you really believe it? Christian, do you really believe that Jesus died on the cross in your place, took your sin, gave you his goodness, enabled you to have a relationship with God and you will eventually spend eternity with that God because of what Jesus did? Do you really believe that? Like for real. And if you're a Christian, I know what you want to say. You want to say, well, yeah, I do. Which leads to the next question. Are you living like it? As you reflect back on this year, does 2017, the way you lived it, the decisions you made, the things you did, does it say this person really believes that? This person, man, (laughs) they believe that this Jesus guy actually lived, actually died, actually took their sin and actually gives them a relationship with God and that that's gonna affect their eternity. They really believe that. Are you living like that? I mean, the fact that you're, the, the, the last day of your life is going to start eternity and eternity is going to, to immediately make your life seem like a speck. Are you living like that? Because if you really believe that stuff, you're always going to have a base level dissatisfaction with your spiritual life. You are. And it's just going to be a tension you're going to have to carry your whole life. You're going to be a little bit dissatisfied. You're always going to want to grow. You're always going to see that next step, that next level of closeness with your God that you want to reach. You know where you are. You know where you were. You're happy that you're not there anymore, but you also know that you're not where God wants you and that you want to take that next step. You have a holy dissatisfaction. So you should be, as you reflect, a little bit dissatisfied with your spiritual life this year and excited to grow moving forward. All right, uh, next thing not to do, not to do. Uh, As you reflect on 2017, make happiness your only barometer. Measure 2017 by your happiness level period, okay? Um, Ask the question about everything in your life. Am I happy? You know, was I? Did it make me happy? Did my marriage make me happy? Did my job make me happy? Did my friends make me happy? Did my kids make me happy? No. Did, uh, <laughs> just seeing if you guys are still there. Uh, it's an easy question to answer, right? Because it's just a feel question. Was I happy? Was I happy? Did that thing make me happy or not? It's a feel question. Or, or, you take Matthew six thirty three seriously. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. What if instead of asking the question, was I happy? Did it make me happy? What if instead you asked, did I fulfill my purpose in 2017? What if you asked that instead? Instead of going through all these categories and asking, was I happy? Was I happy? Did it make me happy? What if instead you asked, did I fulfill my purpose there? Did I fulfill my purpose in my marriage? That's a totally different question than did my marriage make me happy? Totally different. Instead of asking, did my job make me happy? Did I fulfill my purpose in my job? Uh, By the way, I believe you have one. Even if you have the most mind-numbingly boring and you think purpose or pointless job in the world, I believe God put you in that 
very boring job for a reason. Are you fulfilling that reason? Did I fulfill my purpose in all the different areas of my life? The reason God put me in these places, did I, did I do it? It's a better question than the happy question. It's a better question. See, some of you, you're so caught up in happiness. And you want to say, well, God wants me to be happy. And I don't even want to argue with that. Fine, I will grant you. God wants you to be happy, but not the kind of happiness that you're probably after. God wants a much deeper and richer happiness that is way more complex than a mere feeling because of favorable circumstances in your life. God's going to call you through some painful and unhappy experiences to take you to the place that will give you a true and deep and rich happiness that you couldn't have had on the other side of those things. True happiness comes from fulfilling your purpose that God created you for and living the way God says to live. Not by just merely saying, did that thing make me happy? No, I'll get rid of it. Yes, okay, I'll keep it. That's not it. It's fulfilling purpose. Long-term pursuit of purpose produces a deep and lasting happiness that, that a shallow feeling has nothing on. Choose purpose over happiness. If you ever have choices in your life where you have to choose purpose or happiness, choose purpose all day long. Because in the long run, it will, the, the happiness level will be far bigger on this side than if you just chase every shallow high and avoid everything that might cause you pain. Choose purpose. Choose purpose. All right, and uh, last thing, semi-related to that. As you're thinking back on this past year, about all the stuff that happened to you, what you should not do, interpret God's goodness based on how your year went. Decide how good God is based on how everything went. Allow your circumstances to be the barometer for how you think about God. If you had a bad year, God must be cruel. If you lost something or someone, it must be because God does not love you. If things aren't going your way, it's because God is against you. Allow how you think about God to fluctuate with the things that come into your life and leave your life. Look, look at God through the lens of your circumstances. Definitely do that. Or, or you could take Isaiah 55, 8, 9 seriously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond Anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You could try, even begin to try to wrap your brain around the fact that God is so much bigger and knows so much more than you. He sees what we don't see. He has information that we do not have. So instead of interpreting God's goodness based on how your year went, you should reverse that. You should interpret how your year went based on God's goodness. Flip it around. Use a new lens. Use God's goodness as the lens through which you see the things that happen to you. Even the bad things. Even the hard things. If you view those things, the worst thing that happened to you this year, if you view that, if you view that thing through the lens of God's love, you're going to see some new things. You're going to start asking the question, God, how are you shaping me? How are you like, molding me into the person that you want me to be through this hard thing? I had a weird year this year. I'd probably say I was the meh one. Um, I don't know, a lot of stuff, you know. This is my first full year of having three kids. 
Zeke was born in December, so last year, you know, didn't count. This year is like actually has three, like three kids. Like, it's hard, man. Jeez, have you had three kids before? It's nuts. Y'all who have more than three, I don't know how. I don't know how you do it, because the little one is constantly trying to kill himself. You know, in any way that he could possibly figure out, mostly putting things in his mouth that he should not be putting in his mouth. And the other two, I swear, want to help him. Because they're leaving Legos and LOL pets and all kinds of little things laying around. And it's like a little ticking time bomb walking around. And, and like, you know, you're outnumbered, you're surrounded, you're tired. I cannot tell you, like, what was it? It was Friday. Like, how many questions I got asked, I don't even know. I don't even know. It stopped, they stopped registering on, like, because they were just repeat. It's crazy. Um, this is our first full year in the pack as well, being a, a mobile church. That's, uh, there's some cost to that, some, some exhaustion level, some uh, complexities that, that aren't bad at first, but they, you know, they can wear. Uh, we had some other changes at the church that, you know, were intimidating and hard and weird. Um, I had a health scare. I didn't even tell most of you that. I didn't want, I didn't want to like sound the alarm bells because I didn't think it was a big deal. And it wasn't, I was right. It wasn't a big deal. But, but at the time when you find out, you know, your doctor says some things to you and you're like, what, it could, it could be that. It's a stressful, scary thing. Um, I'm good, I'm good. Um, but like I could look at all that stuff and I could think, what are you doing? <laughs> what? Do, you, do you hate me? Um, are you not good? Like, is this some cruel, you know what I'm saying? Like you could interpret how you think about God based on these things that happen. Or I could look at these things through the lens of God's love and I could ask the question, God, since I know you love me, I know it. I, I know that you love me. You did all, that. You, you died on the cross for me. Like I know deep down in my soul that you love me and you're allowing these things that are hard you're allowing these things that hurt into my life. What are you up to? What are you preparing me for? Why, <laughs> why do you want me so strong? Because like this is heavy, man. This is heavy. Why do you want me so strong? What are you working on in my heart that you couldn't get at on, on the other side of the stuff? When, when my life was great, when everything was going good, what are you doing here that you couldn't do there? What is, what is in here that I wouldn't let you get a hold of there that now my hands are open and now you can get after it? What pieces of me are you trying to chisel off through this? Not because you hate me, but because you love me. What are you up to? It's got to be something good because I know you love me. You gotta, be, you gotta have a purpose behind this. You gotta have a plan behind this. I gotta see something beyond the hurt, beyond the hardship, beyond the pain. There's something that you're doing and it's bigger and I'm a little bit excited to see it because I'm hoping that whatever you're doing is as big as the pain that I've felt or as big as the hardship that I'm dealing with. I hope that that thing is crazy awesome. And I have faith in that because I believe you're good and I believe you love me. I hope that you can view God <laughs> that way, that you could look back on this past year through the lens of God's love and have a sense of expectation, especially if you had a hard year. If, if you're a good riddance person, man, I hope that you can see that, man, God must be up to something. He must be trying to do something with me and I can't wait to see what it is. I hope 
that it kind of builds a sense of expectation. So listen, worst thing you could do is just completely forget 2017. Worst thing you could do. You need to remember, you need to reflect. Don't do any of this. <laughs> don't, don't do this. See, for real, don't do it. The TV will just turn off. God even wants you to not do it. Last verse, Isaiah 46, 8 through 9. Do not forget this. Keep it in mind. Remember this, you guilty ones. <laughs> Remember the things I have done in the past. For I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Take some time, next couple of days, think back over this year and, and remember that God is good and that he is up to something and start to maybe build some expectation for what he's gonna do in this coming year. Pray with me.